Chapter Seven of *The Nest of the Sparrowhawk* by Emma Orksey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Stranger Within the Gates. Sue waited, expectant and still, until the last sound of the young man's footsteps had died away in the direction of the house then with quick impulsive movements she ran to the gate her hands sought impatiently in the dark for the primitive catch which held it too a large and rusty bolt she pulled at it clumsily for her hands were trembling at last the gate flew open she was out in the woods peering into the moonlit thicket listening for that most welcome sound the footsteps of the man she loved my prince she exclaimed for already he was beside her apparently he had lain in wait for her and now held her in his arms my beautiful and gracious lady he murmured in that curiously muffled voice of his which seemed to endow his strange personality with additional mystery you heard you saw just now she asked timidly fearful of encountering his jealous wrath that vehement temper of his which she had learned to dread strangely enough he replied quite gently yes i saw the young man loves you my beautiful suzanne and he will hate me now he had always called her suzanne and her name thus spoken by him and with that quaint foreign intonation of his had always sounded infinitely sweet but i love you with all my heart she said earnestly tenderly her whole soul young ardent full of romance going out to him with all the strength of its purity and passion what matter if all the world were against you as a rule when they met thus on the confines of the wood they would stand together by the gate forming plans talking of the future and of their love then after a while they would stroll into the park he escorting her as far as he might approach the house without being seen she had no thought that richard lambert would be on the watch nay so wholly absorbed was she in her love for this man once she was in his presence that already womanlike she had forgotten the young student's impassioned avowal his jealousy his very existence and she loved these evening strolls in the great peaceful park at evening when the birds were silent in their nests and the great shadows of ivy-covered elms enveloped her and her romance from afar a tiny light gleamed here and there in some of the windows of acol court she had hated the grim bare house at first so isolated in the mists of the forests of thanet so like the eyrie of a bird of prey but now she loved the whole place the bit of ill-kept tangled garden with its untidy lawn 
and weed-covered beds in which a few standard rose-trees strove to find a permanent home she loved the dark and mysterious park the rusty gate that wood with its rich carpet which varied as each season came around to-night her lover was more gentle than had been his wont of late they walked cautiously through the park for the moon was brilliant and outlined every object with startling vividness the trees here were sparser close by was the sunk fence and the tiny rustic bridge only a plank or two which spanned it some thirty yards ahead of them they could see the dark figure of richard lambert walking towards the house one more stroll beneath the trees mamier he said lightly you'll not wish to encounter your ardent suitor again she loved him in this brighter mood when he had thrown from him that mantle of jealousy and mistrust which of late had sat on him so ill he seemed to have set himself the task of pleasing her to-night of making her forget mayhap the wooing of the several suitors who had hung round her to-day he talked to her always in that mysterious muffled voice with the quaint rolling of the r's and the foreign intonation of the vowels he talked to her of king louis and his tyranny over the people of france of his own political aims to which he had already sacrificed fortune position home of his own brilliant past at the most luxurious court the world had ever known he fired her enthusiasm delighted her imagination enchained her soul to his she was literally swept off the prosy face of this earth and whirled into a realm of romance enchanting intoxicating mystic almost divine she forgot fleeting time and did not even hear the church bell over at acol village striking the hour of ten he had to bring her back to earth and to guide her reluctant footsteps again towards the house but she was too happy to part from him so easily she forced him to escort her over the little bridge under the pretence of terror at the lateness of the hour she vowed that he could not be perceived from the house since all the lights were out and every one indeed must be abed her guardian's windows moreover gave on the other side of the house and he of a surety would not be moon or star-gazing at this hour of the night her mood was somewhat reckless the talk with which he had filled her ears had gone to her brain like wine she felt intoxicated with the atmosphere of mystery of selfless patriotism of great and fallen fortunes with which he knew so well how to surround himself mayhap that in her innermost heart now there was a scarce conscious desire to precipitate a crisis to challenge discovery to step boldly before her guardian avowing her love demanding the right to satisfy it 
she refused to bid him adieu save at the garden door three steps led up straight into the dining-room from the flagged pathway which skirted the house she ran up these steps silently and swiftly as a little mouse and then turned her proud and happy face to him good-night sweet prince she whispered extending her delicate hand to him she stood in the full light of the moon dominating him from the top of the steps an exquisite vision of youth and beauty and romance he took off his broad-brimmed hat but his face was still in shadow for the heavy peruque fell in thick dark curls covering both his cheeks he bent very low and kissed the tips of her fingers when shall we meet again my prince she asked this day week an it please you my queen he murmured and then he turned to go she meant to stand there and watch him cross the tangled lawn and the little bridge and to see him lose himself amidst the great shadows of the park but he had scarce gone a couple of steps when a voice issuing from the doorway close behind her caused her to turn in quick alarm sue in the name of heaven what doth your ladyship here and at this hour the crisis which the young girl had almost challenged had indeed arrived mistress de chavas carrying a lighted and guttering candle was standing close behind her at the sound of her voice and sue's little cry of astonishment rather than fear prince amade de orleans too had paused with a muttered curse on his lips his foot angrily tapping the flagstones but it were unworthy a gallant gentleman of the most chivalrous court in the world to beat a retreat when his mistress was in danger of an unpleasant quarter of an hour sue was more than a little inclined to be defiant mistress de chavas she said quietly will you be good enough to explain by what right you have spied on me to-night hath my guardian perchance set you to dog my footsteps there was no thought in my mind of spying on your ladyship rejoined mistress de chavas coldly i was troubled in my sleep and came downstairs because i heard a noise and feared those midnight marauders of which we have heard so much of late i myself had locked this door and was surprised to find it unlatched i opened it and saw you standing there then we'll all to bed fair mistress rejoined sue gaily she was too happy too sure of herself and of her lover to view this sudden discovery of her secret with either annoyance or alarm she would be free in three months and he would be faithful to her love proverbially laughs at bars and bolts and even if her stern guardian apprised of her evening wanderings prevented her from seeing her prince for the next three months pshaw a hundred days at most and nothing could keep her from his side good-night fair prince she repeated tenderly extending her hand towards her lover once more 
while throwing a look of proud defiance to mistress de chavasse he could not help but return to the foot of the steps any pusillanimity on his part at this juncture any reluctance to meet editha face to face or to bear the brunt of her reproaches and of her sneers might jeopardize the romance of his personality in the eyes of sue therefore he boldly took her hand and kissed it with mute fervour she gave a happy little laugh and added pertly good-night mistress i'll leave you to make your own adieu to monseigneur le prince de orleans i'll warrant that you and he despite the lateness of the hour will have much to say to one another and without waiting to watch the issue of her suggestion her eyes dancing with mischief she turned and ran singing and laughing into the house End of chapter seven